0: Welcome to the New Year of the Regeneration. Exploring how people are enabling the regeneration of life on this planet by recreating the systems and stories we live by. Holistic approaches that enable living systems to renew themselves, to do the work for us in many ways, are vital from here, both in response to crises and to avert them. And more of us than ever now, we'll be looking to continue to come together in the wake of this trauma to explore how we do transform towards regenerative ways of doing things that actually work. Politics that does work that can transition systems and that we can choose. Finance too. Energy, of course, and certainly food and agricultural systems. With fire management that works and with animals and apex predators, the regeneration of whole systems. This is no pie-in-the-sky utopia, but it is the possibility, the offer and the invitation to harness this trauma towards the renewal of our country and even civilization. And if you're looking for the stories that are changing the story, even leadership, look around. Like the green shoots in our burned-out bushland, they're emerging everywhere. You're with The Regeneration. Exploring how people are enabling the regeneration of life on this planet by changing the systems and stories we live by.
1: the top two issues they cared about were mental well-being and environmental health and the thing about that is that one wow great that it's at the top issues and two you know if we can get there's a lot of attention now going into mental well-being if we can get the same kind of support we can behind like this at the government level i'm saying you know if we can get that kind of backing from our environment and that they link those two that would really help It is an essentially democratic question to decide what kind of society we live in and the measures that we use become very powerful in determining that. If we don't get the measures right, we're measuring the wrong thing, we're not measuring the society we want, we're just following the measures. We're valuing what we measure rather than measuring what we value.
0: Hope isn't a lottery ticket and it's not wishy-washy and it's not believing that there'll be a magic solution. It's, It's the thing that makes you run and fight as hard as you possibly can. And I think that's the kind of hope that we have to put in our stories. I'm sitting in the courtyard of our apartment complex just after sunset in a Perth suburb. Neighbours are around a little more, which has already spawned a few unexpected conversations about gardens and rest and a rebirthing of sorts for our society. And while so much of so-called normal life has ceased, and many are suffering terribly, it seems generally understood that we can care for each other through this, and that even as it was, our society very much had to change.
1: Public health people, we've been talking to each other about the fact that in so many ways it's felt like COVID-19 is the climate crisis at high speed. That we saw it coming, we knew it was happening, we knew there were mitigation measures, and yet somehow until things were on fire in your own backyard, nobody was really talking about it or taking action. Why I still do what I do and don't just, you know, took the approach I live happily ever after in my straw house I saw a social and affordable housing project built in the Netherlands. They completely blew me away from a sustainability perspective and I think the social connections that that project created between the residents but also the facilities and the networks and the social capital that they provided to that whole neighbourhood, including influencing The sustainability of the built form that then happened all around them was remarkable. I mean in 2007 there's a paper that says the return of the coronavirus with very severe consequences. Uh, This is all related to our bad relationship with nature and to putting business ahead of life. Now. Our storytelling has to tell people, look, life is more important, and that's exactly what is happening now. Because the really important thing to
0: remember is any vibrant ecosystem has animals in it. Any resilient ecosystem has animals in it. And farming, modern farming, good modern farming, should be a resilient ecosystem. Most of it's not, but it can be.
1: And when the Kentucky Coal Museum put solar on its roof because it's cheaper than hooking to the coal-fired grid at its doorstep. The fossil era is over. Now we have to decide, as you say, what kind of a world do we want to live in? Everybody, every last soul, for a moment, changed their perspective on the world in the last few weeks. Everything that was impossible before is now possible in the future. And so I think to accelerate this, we're going to have to extend one another. And probably most of all ourselves the realization and the belief that we can become something that we've never been before you know fundamentally the way that we went around setting up the open food network is because we don't believe that anyone should have control over our food systems so we've designed it that it's impossible for anyone to control it in that instant everything changed because there was a vast underground forest across the whole country and in fact across many many developing countries they don't have bulldozers they don't have mechanized farming. The trees are still there. And the battle line shifted. I was no longer fighting the Sahara. It didn't matter. I didn't need a big budget. I didn't need the miracle tree species to resist drought. It was about mindset. And me personally, so many bags of hot chips, so many meat pies. I've drunk so many cans of Coke. So many bottles of
0: lemonade, chocolate milk The thesis of, of resilience is a lot broader than that, so it's not necessarily saying we want to retain a certain static system or a certain value. It's more about we want to make the systems that we enjoy, that we live within, so our social systems, our ecosystems, we want to make those adaptable and resilient to change regardless of what that might be. Just like
1: my dad used to do in the old Valiant... Across rivers and towns, over plains, the hay plain, the lullabore. Someone then said, for all these years we've been trying to look after the Great Barrier Reef. And then we had this light bulb moment that, ah, to save the Great Barrier Reef, we've got to save all the reefs and all the planet. That's the way. We need to move forward. 207 919100, race 5 Ranwick, thank you. Race 6 Eagle Farm, boy from some distant town, some distant place. All oh, the dapdos of my life and the childhoods, little signs that say such and such and such and such. Well this is the road there, and this is the road back. This is the time I drove so far and so long. This is the time I ate that custard tart. Ah, this is 207 all the while I've been dragging something, all the while from cans to broom and back again. All these things are holding me back, so I drive to another coastal town, look for another surf point, look for another right-hander coming around the bend. And as I do, the radio flickers to life, and on the races come from some distant town, from Eagle Farm, from Flemington. From Eagle Farm off Flemington, I hear my father saying those afternoons. This is 20791900. Thank you. Race five, Eagle Farm, number six. Four metres each way.
0: do you know, I don't think we're going to stop digging the uh, minerals out of the ground anytime soon. But why don't we actually get some some good environmental outcomes from that as well? And, and there's really nothing stopping that from happening except that the public need to understand that there's a bit of a trade-off. Yes, it's an ugly hole in the ground, but it's paid for rehabilitation, which has been long overdue over, you know, an area which is 2,000 times the size.
1: I believe we can go all the way. I believe that within 30 to 50 years, all landscape in Australia will be run in a regenerative way. And I don't think we have an option to that.
0: It's exactly what we try and take away, is that human control over these natural systems. Realistically, we know very, very little about how natural systems truly function. We don't really need to know it all. All we've got to do is just try and do our best to enable that and just be part of that and with with a lot of respect. If you look back at why people moved away from this model and what used to happen in the old days, in the old days, every... Especially in the States and maybe the UK... Their communities are built around farmers and milling. And then suddenly we've gone to this monoculture, just grow the same wheat everywhere, fields and fields and fields of it, going off to a roller mill, nowhere near the community. And people, I think, are moving back. Those two. It was it was their dignity and agency and um, just just unfathomable intelligence that was just I mean their eyes were burning with it. They, they just glowed. It was a man and woman side by side, equally muscled, and they were side by side walking to towards the camera, like what? <laughs>
1: You can't force change. All you can do is have solutions tried and proven and ready for when change comes and the, and the people can go and grab their solutions. And that's what's happening at the moment. As a lawyer, we stand in court and we talk about the law and we articulate cases and we represent people and things and objects and cases that are civil and criminal. But at the end of the day, we don't actually think about why those laws are or what they are there to achieve. And that conversation is profound. It's important. But it's not a conversation that only lawyers should have or parliamentarians should have. It's a conversation we should have.
0: Irene Watson says that for her people, in the Adelaide Plains, the law is in the ground. The law is not a thing that we construct and possess. The law is already there. Nature already has the solutions to the problem that's rearing its head if you allow that system You know, the solutions are already with you. As soon as you find that story that connects with you, right, to your core of sense of purpose, and you feel like that is a message that you can take home and do something with, rather than just watch something and go, okay, interesting, that was a good episode of Friends, what's for dinner? It's been a tough decision for sure, but I think for the first time in, yeah, probably 18 months, I feel the truest version of myself, which was really scary to come to because for 25 years of my life, it's kind of been my identity. And, I mean, we change a lot as humans and
1: sometimes we're maybe a bit too scared to. Anything that... I've done has taken years to do. So when you want to do something that's cutting edge, you have to be prepared to go the distance. And I remember thinking there, why am I in the army? Why am I fighting in a war? Why am I doing all these things for politicians I don't believe in, policies I don't believe in? What am I prepared to do about this, the destruction of my country? Every day Confusion rise and hold all of us Because people can do anything they want to use And say the system says so